2: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
2: and A member FDIC.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast with your hosts, Sam Sage, Harry Eid, and me, Ben Hawking. So we are after the Stereo Grand Prix. Who would have thought okay, hands up, I'm sure we can't see this from you, but hands up who had the the car race as being a more exciting one than, than the Stereo Grand Prix. F1 is full of surprises. Not not the best race in the world, but Max Verstappen takes the win. Uh, with two Mercedes drivers on the podium with him. Lewis Hamilton, P2, claimed the fastest lap with that. Uh, and Valtteri Bottas, P3, after just about surviving an onslaught from Sergio Perez at the end of the Grand Prix. What did you make of that one, guys?
1: Oh, I mean, at one point I asked people on Twitter what their favourite race snack was. That's how boring it got. I had a squares bar and I'm being aero for everyone that's interested. So it wasn't did thrilling. You? I did. I did. That's
2: lovely. Look, I, I know people, there's a poll on our, on our Twitter that's asking if it's the worst race of the season. It wasn't great, but it still wasn't Monaco. And I feel like people have forgotten. It was that dull in Monaco that people have forgotten it even happened. So, yeah, it wasn't great, um, but I won't go as far as saying it's the worst one of the season.
1: I think the thing with the Austrian Grand Prix, sorry, the Styrian Grand Prix, the Eurovision entry started the, uh, the race off for us, is that um, you expect a good race, <laughs> In, in, yeah. in the A1 ring you expect something to kick off and be a bit fun or some weather implications or a good fight or something like that with, with Monaco if you don't get a safety car it's, it's all downhill from there really and, and nothing happened Leclerc decided to break his own front wing and then go I'll make it fun I suppose after that point Pierre Gasly still hates him it's rumoured
0: I mean yeah could you imagine that race without that come back from from charles Leclerc. that would have been something else again but yes i think Styria can definitely thank monaco because and and actually any bad race from here on out for the rest of the year can thank monaco just because it isn't that so 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 well done monaco um we've got plenty to run you through driver of the day worst driver of the day of course coming up later on ricardo another tough day for him at mclaren so we'll be looking at that one in their battle against ferrari where both ferraris did score points um, and we'll be looking at that lap one incident to see if there was anything in that from Charles Leclerc's perspective but we'll start with with the race out front because Max Verstappen with his win now has an 18 point advantage over Lewis Hamilton we're getting close to the territory where Max Verstappen has a full race win ahead of his nearest rival, not far off that mark now so we'll, we'll see how that goes next race but considering the advantage that Max Verstappen has Red Bull have got a 40 point advantage in the constructors now Sam, do you think that Red Bull are now firmly the favourites, uh, and do you think that Mercedes are are on the back foot here?
1: Oh, very much so. I think Red Bull were starting to cement themselves as the favourites over the last few race weekends. Um, Paul Ricard actually feels like the outlier in that situation, where Mercedes seemed like they could possibly put off a fight, but um, Max has done brilliantly, especially Max. Perez is definitely coming on loops and bounds, but Max has really delivered so far this season, and... Hamilton, I think, has driven, for the most part, exceptionally well, but that Mercedes just is not up to the same speed that the Rebel is is able to produce now. That Honda engine is comfortably, I think, level, if not slightly better now than the Mercedes engine. As, as we heard over the radio, they were losing two and a half tenths down a straight, which is almost unheard of in the modern era between a Mercedes and a Honda engine. Who would have thought that three, four years ago you'd be saying that one? Um, the fact that Max has got an 80-point gap and we're doing almost a repeat race next weekend... It feels like a championship slam dunk for the Red Bull team. I mean, maybe they can hope to go one better with Perez and get a one two. It feels like they are quite comfortably the favourites for the at least for the close races that we've got coming up. And we know that Red Bull come on stronger in the year. You know, after the the summer break, Red Bull tend to also ramp up that development. So I wonder if they're going to realise, you know what, we're on for a championship wing here. Let's, you know, lower that focus on next year's car. Let's make sure we solidify this and walk away with it. And I think Max is motivated. Christian is very, very happy at the head of that team. Perez is doing exactly what he needs to do in core in that Mercedes team. After this race was such a monumental margin between Max and Hamilton. um, I can't see how Rebel are anything but the favourites.
0: What what do you reckon, Harry? I mean, if we look at the the four races now without a win for the Mercedes team, first time that's happened since 2013. So even with... Ferrari, of course, a few years ago being very competitive 2017 and twenty eighteen they still weren't able to to come up with that sort of a record. Do you think that Red Bull, as a result of what they've been able to do are now firmly the favorites?
2: yeah, I mean it's a tricky one because we've we've seen it vary from track to track um in the past and and even the start of this year, but we've gone you know the past four tracks very different and red bull have been the strongest o- on all of them so yeah i mean yeah i we know that mercedes have have um switched their focus quite a lot to next year maybe they are having to sacrifice maybe they're going to have to sacrifice 2021 for, for 2022 and maybe red as said red bull are thinking well this is our chance we want to seize it which may help which may hinder them sorry going into into next year with the new regulations but um yeah, look, that car, that car is solid and Verstappen is on he's on lightning form. I mean, both Hamilton and Verstappen are driving impressively well. Again, today they were just ahead of literally everyone else. I know Verstappen was more ahead, but um, yeah, Verstappen's driving incredibly well. So, um, yeah, its, uh, it's <laughs> I'm sure Mercedes don't want to throw in the towel, and they won't, and they're still in the fight, but um, yeah, I wonder if they're starting to think... We might just have to take the uh, take the L on this one and, and wait to next year. Because this, not being the fastest car this year because they switched focus, may help them for the years to come from 2022 onwards. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think at the moment we've got to say Red Bull are looking mightily strong wherever we go.
0: Yeah, I do think even in a season that is as long as this one, this was a really defining win because if you were to look back at all of the other races that have happened this year they've either been very close or there has been a reason as to why they haven't been very close in terms of Red Bull being out in front I mean if you to look back you know Bahrain for example that went down to the wire Imola you could argue was fairly comfortably in Verstappen's favour but Hamilton was still within a few seconds of Verstappen before he made his incident so that wasn't exactly dominant it was comfortable but not dominant um, you know, Spain and Portugal, of course, Mercedes took the wins there. Monaco, if Charles Leclerc doesn't, if Charles Leclerc takes the start, does that race go down the same way in terms of Verstappen dominance? We're not sure. Baku, Hamilton did have the lead in that race, and you know, the pit Verstappen might have gone to victory anyway without that pit stop error, but there's still that that still happened, and even last time out, again, it, it went down to the wire. So we haven't really seen a race so far this year where verstappen has basically just driven off into the distance and left mercedes in the dust it's been fairly close at nearly every venue here it was a completely different story you know max verstappen had this race won from the off there was really no doubt about it there were there were stages of the race where hamilton and verstappen were on a par um particularly if you were to look at the start of the second stint there wasn't really much in it there was about a 10 lap or so window where they were actually Pretty much dead on exactly the same pace, but that was the best that it got for Mercedes. Um, and the other times outside of when it was very close, it, it really wasn't. Even even you know Verstappen to Hamilton at the end of that second stint, Verstappen was just was dominant over Hamilton. We we saw that the gap was fairly steady around the five or six second gap, and then it it became ten, and then it nearly became fifteen. At which point it becomes you know two thirds of a pit stop distance, which is really concerning from Mercedes' perspective. Um they've got to be buoyed by what they saw and they've got to be buoyed by the fact that it's the same racetrack again next week. So if if Verstappen can take that win, let's say for example, neither of them take the fastest lap point, we are then at that point at the gap of where there is one race win between them. And when you can start to afford a DNF, that's that's where it becomes very concerning for Mercedes. Um, you know whilst it's under that gap you can say okay we've got a long way to go we'll chip into the lead seven points here seven points here that's fine but when it gets to that stage very concerning from from the Mercedes point of view so um, Max Verstappen was brilliant He, he did exactly what he needed to do and you know the pace advantage he had on on Hamilton was was thoroughly impressive and you've already brought this up but the pace advantage he had on Perez and Bottas over such a small lap was crazy i I think bottas pretty much it was about half a second i think it averaged out at again it it varied throughout the race but i think overall it was about half a second which you know that it's austria it's only a minute and five a minute and ten lap it's not you know it's not spa so yeah um concerning for mercedes I, I i've said on previous occasions that we don't want to be prisoners of the moment and we don't want to read too much into one individual result but here I, I i think there is reason to not by the fact that verstappen was able to win but the way in which he was able to do it
1: um couple of points there then firstly prisoners of the moment sounds like a fantastic band name so if you do start up a band a little old indie band and you want to call yourselves prisoners of the moment just give us a little shout out on on one of your lyrics or something of your first song that'd be lovely Mm. um don't go hating all we're doing is late breaking something like that that would work brilliantly um and now the serious point that i want to make is that we asked the question on twitter while the end of the race was happening and that gap was very large it was kind of uh, do you think they're a of a championship fight ongoing? Or are Red Bull now the absolute favourites? And we've got some good replies from that. Uh, Paul uh, quite clearly said, it's over. Red Bull are too good. Unless the Honda engine suddenly becomes temperamental again, it is just a matter of time. I'm assuming until he means the championship is won. Uh, whereas Cosmic Dust, which is a great name, Scottish Chris, yeah. love that. Uh, not love to it. be confused with English Chris Chris or Welsh Chris. Uh, for me, Red Bull are now the top team. Um, short and sweet. And then uh, Haddy. Uh, you said there, yes, Red Bull are the top team, but there is still a championship fight, which is optimistic from Hadi, which we'd like to see. But it seems like the general consensus is that Red Bull are the favourites. If there's still a championship fight, you know, that's up for debate. But Red Bull definitely the stronger team.
0: Well, it's up for debate. Let's have that debate. Is it, is it still alive, Sam?
1: Um, I don't think it is. I think with the development changes that are going to occur in the next season... I think that unfortunately, Mercedes have lost out, the engine difference is too strong, the flexi wing that Red Bull developed and has now obviously got rid of us given that advantage. I think even without that, Red Bull managed to develop that rear wing to a point where they were able to have less wing on their front, obviously allowing them to have faster straight line speed. Um, Whereas Mercedes can't counter that. They don't seem to have that ability to have both the cornering speed that they usually possess and the top-end speed they can get down the straight line. But Red Bull have found a way to to mirror that. Hamilton is driving absolutely brilliantly. But on the other side of the garage, I think, yes, Bottas got a a better result today. But I think overall this season, Perez is out driving in the second driver competition that we seem to be having here. And Verstappen, if is able to match Hamilton in terms of skill, then because that Red Bull, I think is a better car, unfortunately that will just continue to take him further and further up the road so I think if Mercedes want to have a chance at winning this season they're really going to have to find something developmental it's not about driver skill at this point developmentally they need to change the car to be able to combat what Red Bull are doing or right off the season and absolutely dominate coming into the next time because for me I think it might be done and dusted
0: so um, both championships yeah. over
1: yeah I don't get me wrong both of course there'll be there'll be yeah. a few swings and moments uh, but I do think that I, I don't seem to say he's going back to the top of the championship on either side
2: swings and moments is a good first track for prisoners <laughs> man alright
0: well in the interest of wanting a championship to go all the way this season Harry would you please mind predicting the same as Sam that it won't
2: so we can, <laughs> we can can we can see it carry on I oh, see. I disagree with Sam as well because I think I think we'll start a no. fight. I, I no, you can't think <laughs> that. It's gonna happen.
1: Oh. I am right with everything, and Harry is always wrong. Oh no! Correct.
0: Um, no. Do you, I, sorry. I, do you want to remind? Very slight detour. Do you want to remind people what your bold prediction was for this the
1: weekend? The jinx. The Harry
2: jinx. I'm Sorry, George. I'm sorry. Okay. You would. It, it was looking so good. <laughs> it was looking so good like it wasn't even like a point it was it was three points or four points and one point um yeah george i am sorry please forgive me
0: but moving it back to red bull you still think that oh, yeah, there sorry. is a fight there is you still think it's alive <laughs> at this point
2: no i, I do think there is a fight because i think until uh you know pera Per um sorry you know mercedes Cannot fight with Perez and Verstappen. I think there's still a fight involved um, at the moment. You know, we see the second drivers are fighting out. I know they're, know they're separate to the to the main title title race, but they're still there or thereabouts. Um, so yeah, I think there's still a fight. Mercedes have got a a tough tough job to do. I think to keep it alive at the moment. But I think we're maybe too early in it. I mean, too early in the season. But we've still got a long way to go yet. To call it and it only takes a dnf of a and then a win for hamilton and you know it's it's swung back in a uh, mercedes over swings a moments, as sam said swings um, a so a yeah a I, I won't i won't call it uh, i won't call it over yet but it's gonna be tough for mercedes that's definitely
0: true yeah i i don't think this is over i i appreciate and understand your point though sam in that I i actually think this is going to be a point of confrontation later on in the season where we could find a situation where Mercedes just want to fully focus on next year if they think that a title this year is unlikely. Ultimately, Mercedes know better than anyone how to perfect the start of a new era and what it can bring you. The advantage they've got, they had in 2014, has carried them to this point. That advantage, you know, it's it's ebbed and flowed, you know, it's been... 2014 and 15, it was completely dominant. Now it's not, but that advantage they had from the off has really been the starting point of everything that's followed it. So they are going to be, if their long-term future is in F1, which we believe it to be, they they need to hit the ground running in 2022, which could lead to a confrontational moment because Mercedes are going to have a longer term, you would think at least, Mercedes are going to have a longer term plan than Hamilton has you know hamilton we don't know how many more years he's going to be in f1 so whilst mercedes might be thinking you know 10 years in the future hamilton might not really care what mercedes want to do 10 years in the future hamilton wants to compete for championships now hamilton wants to beat michael schumacher's record he wants to keep winning races so the, the competitor in lewis hamilton later in this year will, will still want mercedes to go for it in absolute terms and Mercedes might be looking to to get the advantage on Red Bull heading into next year. That could be a bit of a confrontational moment. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen at all. And the other point is that that whilst when Mercedes were in a fight with Ferrari, Ferrari have notoriously been very good at the beginning of the season and not very good at the end of the season. Red Bull are generally the opposite. Even though Mercedes have in sort of second half of seasons done very well, you know it's red bull are, are very similar in that respect you know red bull have done very well in second half of seasons themselves so um i i understand your point here sam i don't think it's over just because we are too early in the season at this point and i just don't i, I don't i have a funny feeling about going against mercedes based on how great they are um but we'll see we'll see how that goes um interesting to see either way looking at um Bottas and Perez who were noticeably a long way off the pace Bottas did finish ahead of Perez Sam how do you look at this because on the one hand he's finished well over 30 seconds back from Max Verstappen for the race win on the other hand he has beaten the second driver for Red Bull so do you consider that a success or a failure or something in between
1: uh, yeah, now that's a really tough one to call, I think, because Bottas's race was, was not a good one. I would not chalk this down as a good performance for Valtteri Bottas. I don't think that he will walk away from Austria thinking, oh, I, I'm Boyd, I'm back up to the top, I'm here, I can fight for it again. Now, I think he will still look at this as a failure. He was, you know, even before Hamilton's pit stop, he was 27, 28 seconds behind his teammate in the same car over a, a minute and eight to nine second lap, which is, Pretty shocking in terms of teammates. And Perez was the same for um, for Verstappen. But what worries me here with Bottas is I feel like it was more a poor choice by Red Bull to pull Perez in when they did. Whereas I feel like Perez was going to get past Bottas sooner or later at some point. And I felt like there was a moment on the original scratchy that Perez was on that he was able to maintain the tyres a little better. He had a little bit more speed. He was able to negotiate traffic a little faster. Bottas, I think just got lucky with laps running out the strategy ended up working for them but I think that was more because Red Bull called a bad strategy for Perez at the end of the situation rather than Bottas having a good enough drive to escape Perez so to speak um, I still think Bottas really needs to improve I, like I say I don't think Bottas comes away from this thing feeling really really good It'll be very interesting to see next weekend when we're back at the Austrian Grand Prix tire uh, compounds have been changed and uh, Bottas obviously qualified, That qualified Hamilton, had that penalty, keep swinging the pit lane. If Bottas can start where he was intended to start, I'd be very curious to see how the Grand Prix runs. But right now, I don't think it was great. I do not think it was a positive race for Valkyrie Bottas. Uh, I don't think it was too good for Perez either, but he, he looked like he was trying to make something different work and put some pressure on, which I, I admire, considering that I don't think the strategy was, was ideal. So still room for improvement, I think.
0: What what do you reckon, Harry? Do you see this... How, how do you see it from Valtteri Bottas's perspective? And on the back of Sam's point, do you think that Perez's strategy here was, was an error from Red Bull? Uh,
2: yeah, I think... I think if Perez hadn't had the bad stop, he probably would have been in front of Bottas anyway. Um, wouldn't have had to do that last stop to try and catch him up again. Uh, having said that, I don't know why they didn't quite... Do that stop earlier because, yeah, as we saw at the end, it was only a lap, another lap, and he would have had him. So, um, uh, yeah, it, look what it, it was—a bit of a recovery drive for, for Bottas. So, I guess it would take a podium from where he started, but it still wasn't, it still wasn't amazing from him. Um, yeah, Perez might be—I think—will be a little bit frustrated by the pit stop, which you know it happens, although very rare for Red Bull. Um, and yeah, the strategy to call him in was, a, I think, a tiny bit. Tiny bit too late. I think a lap or two earlier might have helped. But um Yeah, I I don't think either driver driver would leave entirely well they're not leaving, they're staying every other week, but they won't get to bed tonight entirely satisfied, I don't think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean from Perez's perspective, it was about a three second gap or so that he was able to to chip away at to the point that I think it was about one point five seconds or so by the time they, they decided to pull him into the pits um for the second time. So I would have at least hoped that Red Bull were on team radio to him. Do you think you can overtake Valtteri Bottas? This is how many laps you've got left. Do you think it's going to happen? If he comes back categorically and says, with this strategy, it's not going to happen, then fair enough. But yeah, I I, I see your point, Sam. I, I would have liked to have seen Perez perez try it uh try and overtake on that that one-stop strategy and maybe it would have paid off i I really don't know i i do find it difficult to believe that red bull would have pulled him in without the confirmation from perez that it wasn't going to happen but yeah we'll 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 never know on that one um yeah i i think from you know bottas and perez were a long way off verstappen and hamilton today particularly verstappen but it's so part of that was the the, not the poor start but lando norris ahead of both of them to begin with it took they both took their time to get past lando norris but bear in mind that the gap was about 13 or so seconds between verstappen and perez after perez got past lando norris so even after that point they're losing every single lap you know the end at the end of the race it wasn't 13 seconds that separated them so whilst you can put that down you know the bad start can be put down to that the rest of the race that they were on an even footing and that they couldn't do anything compared to him. I think valtteri Bossas, yeah, he did he he did enough in terms of the points perspective. Um, you know, he finished ahead of Sergio Perez and ultimately even in a race where the Max Verstappen has has dominated and taken a victory, Mercedes in terms of constructors championship, have only lost three points here. So it's not it's not the end of the world from a constructor's point of view, but at a track where we've already noted he is so good at, it, it's it's worrying to see him that far behind on one of his favoured circuits. You you would have hoped that this was the type of track where he would have been closer. Ironically, Paul Ricard, he, he showed much better pace in comparison to the two guys ahead of him. So, yeah, it, it's tough. It, the Perez strategy to pull him in a second time, I, I can understand it. I agree that it was probably worth doing a couple of laps earlier than what he did hindsight's a wonderful thing, of course, that we know one more lap and he had got the job done, but I think realistically, what they were perhaps expecting was Perez to have a massive advantage at the beginning of his second stint and then it to fade away at the end when in reality the gap was was noticeable at the end of the stint just as much as it was at the as at the start, so if they had anticipated that, then maybe they would have pulled him in earlier, but yeah, um it'd be interesting to see how that carries over to next weekend whether that that gap between Verstappen um and and the rest is is, is noticeable again
1: yeah I think one last thing I want to bring up about that battle which is the third part, which you you pointed out uh then which is the fact that Norris obviously was in the way um and Norris only got out the way because they wanted Norris to get out the way McLaren that is not uh, Bottas and Perez who were desperately trying to get past him any way they could norris i think looked comfortably in front of them and was able to hold them up quite comfortably was very racy i think in the long term strategy if if mclaren could have done so they would have been on for a a p3 obviously of course the entire length for the race we saw that norris was unable to to maintain that top speed but it felt like that perez and bottas were struggling to make any kind of inroads any kind of actual racing pass on norris until he got the call from mclaren to say remember our strategy this is what we're doing, we're not racing these top guys, let them go through, run your own race. I think if they hadn't radioed to Norris to say that, they could have been behind Norris maybe another 10, 15 laps until the pit stop phase, and then Norris might have dropped off. So um, it was really quite interesting to see how well Norris was doing in front of those two top guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he, he performed he performed very well, um, and he can he can take heart from the fact that he was in that fight for so long. Um ultimately I, I think it was kind of inevitable but it's it's not the same so we saw in the midfield there was a massive train of cars mainly sort of fernando alonso at the front of that but it was going back a number of cars and overtaking as a result of that was was very limited in the midfield particularly in the first half of the race they you know perez and norris it was a one-on-one fight perez had drs Lando norris did not have drs and it still took uh it still took both of them Bottas and Perez quite a bit of time to actually um to actually get there but yeah I, I think we'll, we'll speak a bit more on McLaren versus Ferrari in a little bit but yeah Lando Norris is um I think he, he he did a did an impressive job to keep them behind for I can't remember how many laps it was but um yeah it was an instant anyway who have you got for driver of the day Sam?
1: So I was going to go for the obvious Mr. Max Verstappen, I think we can all categorically say that Max deserves a lot of praise for this race. That that Red Bull is looking relentless, it's looking dominant, and Max is, is doing what Hamilton has done previously with Mercedes and carried that to the very top. Um, I want to give a shout out to a couple other people as well, Norris being one of those individuals. He seems to just have a little bit extra on the rest of the field when it comes to the best of the rest. Once again, we always call it the best of the rest, that F1.5. Um, he seems to be able to just be able to outperform the Ferrari guys he is ruining Ricardo's reputation at the moment of being the driver that we all thought he was going to be there's something going horribly wrong there and we'll move on to Ricardo a little bit more in a little bit um, so I think Norris is a fair shout I think Carlos Sainz also had a very good Grand Prix um, but I am going to give it to Max Verstappen the guy was absolutely dominant you know you'd be absolutely silly I think realistically to not include him in this conversation also for those who are giving it to Charles Leclerc Yes, he was fun to watch. Yes, it was entertaining. But for me, you don't get drive of the day by essentially ruining yours and someone else's race because having to fight back to the point of where you were starting in the first place. That feels counterproductive. So um, sorry, Charles, uh, not drive of the day for me. Uh, and I bet Pierre Gasly is on my side for this one. And uh, you ruined my bold prediction as well. So cheers, mate. Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, the the voter at large, or the people at large disagree because obviously they have Charles Leclerc as driver of the day harry who who gets the award for you
2: uh, i'm gonna give it to carlos signs the other ferrari driver that everyone seems to forgot forgotten about um yeah unlike his teammate didn't have to run into anyone um but yeah i thought it was a re- absolutely solid drive and he just kind of flew under the radar uh for, for the start of it and you know Went went on those median ties for an extraordinary amount of time. So um, yeah, I thought it was a great drive from from Carlos. I mean, Max was pretty dominant again, but we can't give it to him all the time. So I'll give it to uh, give it to Carlos Sainz Jr. Vamanos
0: Thank you, Carlos, for temporarily joining the uh, <laughs> joining the podcast. That was we much love it appreciated. smooth
1: operator appears. He's he's such a, a little smooth, slippery man, isn't he?
0: I've heard he actually listens to our podcast when he's in when he's in the race. Um calming. I'm actually just a rumor, but yeah. Mm. Who knows? Driver of the day for me, Max Verstappen. Um most dominant winner of the season it's it's really difficult for me to give it to someone else i agree carlos signs was brilliant out there Charles Leclerc's recovery was was great at the same time i'm 100 percent in agreement with you sam if the reason you're having to recover is your own actions then i have little sympathy for you and i don't mm. think you should necessarily be uh, a front runner for driver of the day was a great run back through don't get me wrong but he, he was the reason he was there in the first place um you know, George Russell did great in the first part of the race, but he didn't do anywhere near enough for the Grand Prix to to be voted for this. Thank you very much for that, Harry. Um, yeah, Max Verstappen, <laughs> I, I think I think he has to he has to claim this one. Um, I, I am a hundred percent blaming you for George Russell not scoring points yeah. there, Harry. I'm,
1: how, I mean, yes. how how badly he didn't just DNF? He had to go through literal torture on a track, and that's all because of you, Harry. Unable to call a prediction right in your entire late-breaking history? I just thought I was... You got one right once, I think.
0: It was a long time ago, but pretty sure it happened once upon a time. Pretty certain um, that was when
1: Carlos Carlos sainz Jr. is in for Harry.
0: <laughs> true, yeah, I remember that. Um, worst driver of the day, who have you got, Sam? Uh,
1: I think this might be the first time I've ever given this person worst driver of the day, um, which says how good they usually are, but Daniel Ricardo. Um, if one half of the garage is able to start the racing third place, they're able to scrap around with Bottas and Perez and arguably look faster than them for at least the first 10, 15 laps, uh, only be told to get out of the way due to strategy reasons, um, and you're finishing, what, eight, nine places behind, you're scrapping out with uh, the slower Aston Martin and the two Alfa Romeos. It's not good enough, Daniel. Honestly, you've had enough time to adjust. We've seen all the other drivers adjust. You know, Harry's just given Carlos Science Driver of the Day. Um, Vettel is gone, What? Sorry. Oh no.
0: C- couldn't agree more, Harry. That might be the best <laughs> point you've ever made.
1: <laughs> I no, didn't we, say anything. Sir, we, we can't hear you, so I'm going to carry. Always oh, going anyway. Okay. Uh, carrying my Ricardo wow. points. So. B- bu- 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 bye bye. But 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 but. Um. Anyway, as I was saying, Daniel Ricciardo, uh worst driver of the day. The fact that your teammate is, you know, nearly ten places in front of you, you qualify that far at the back of the grid. Norris is fourth in the championship fight. Bottas is getting closer now, I believe, but you know, Norris is still comfortably ahead at the moment, and. Keeping that McLaren fight alive against Ferrari at the moment after a really good race. And all the newcomers to the teams are starting to come alive. Carlos Sainz is driving as well as Charles Leclerc and nearly catching him in the points. Fernando Alonso, he's had a fantastic run of races. Really starting to come home in that new Alpine car that he's getting used to. Seb Vettel's had some really, really strong results. I think Ricardo has had one result that is worth noting. One impressive result that is worth taking kind of note of. And he's still finished behind Norris in that good result anyway. So... Ricardo is by far, for me, the worst driver of the day. Uh, Charles Leclerc, actually, despite being so entertaining, was an absolute menace on the track, so I actually think he qualifies for a mention on worst driver of the day. But no, Danny Rick, worst driver of the day.
0: Yeah, not a good one for him. Harry, worst driver of the day?
2: Um, I I agree, actually, with with Danny Rick being worst driver of the day, but for the sake of a bit of variety, I'll, I'll give it to... Esteban Ocon who apparently has signed a new contract and then fallen asleep um <laughs> I'm not sure what's happened uh I I, I know it was super close in that midfield and actually in the end he wasn't too far behind Alonso in terms of positions but um yeah it it just that the early part of the season where he was so strong just seems to have fallen away a little bit in the past couple of races um yeah, and today he was you know you know several places behind Alonso outside the points so uh yeah i'll give it to him although i do think ricardo
0: probably deserves it more um i had two names written down and you've managed to get both of them ocon and ricardo for me were were the two contenders for this i gave it to Ocon last time out for the french grand prix um which doesn't deter me from giving it to him again if he if he deserves it but i am going to go with daniel ricardo here um Quickly on Esteban Ocon, yeah, you're, you're right. It seems as if as soon as he's got that contract, he's gone with the Valtteri Bottas strategy of oh, I'm safe. It's, it's all good. Don't, don't worry about it, guys. Um, so it, it's it's a bit concerning that Alonso seems to be getting to grips with the car. Ocon, I think, just needs a, a result just to just to quit the momentum and to and to start up again. Um, but I will give this to Daniel Ricciardo because when your teammate is very comfortably fifth place and you're not in the points. That that's fairly worrying and in in other races this year where ricardo's not been at his best it's been a continuation from free practice one generally speaking it's been hasn't been very quick through practice wasn't very good in qualifying didn't have a very good race It's it's not exactly reassuring when that's the case but at least it follows a pattern all the way through here he seemed absolutely fine in the practice sessions he seemed perfectly fine in terms of lap time he gets to qualifying and just falls off a cliff. Um, you know, me- metaphorically speaking, not literally. I don't think he, he fell off a cliff. Um, <laughs> but crossed. yeah, it- it's incredibly worrying that it-, it was there and then it wasn't. And in the race, he-, he was obviously compromised by the fact that he was in this massive train of cars and towards the back of that train of cars. But Carlos Sainz made it work. Car- Carlos Sainz and daniel ricardo were on similar strategies in that they went longer than the cars around them signs executed it to the point where he finished p6 after not making q3 daniel ricardo of course also not making q3 i think they might have started either on the same row or or at least one position apart from one another daniel ricardo on the other hand falls back behind all of all of that crew um and doesn't really doesn't really get a chance to recover it so yeah it's we're going to speak about this more in a bit, but a bit worrying. Moment of the race, Sam.
1: Um, see, this is this is a difficult one because I think I feel like there were many moments of the race, unfortunately, um, but it felt like. Max Verstappen being able to literally slow his car down to the finish line, get out of it, hop on the back of a snail, ride the snail across the finish line, wave at his team, get back in the Formula 1 car across the line and still win the race by 38 seconds, feels like a pretty dominant moment, not just for this race, but possibly for the season to come. The fact that we've got the doubleheader coming up, results weren't too different between the first race and the second race last time out, just apart from the weather changing. Um, we could see this happening again next weekend. I feel like this is a sign of things to come. Max Verstappen's dominant win for me was the moment of the race.
0: Just before we go to Harry's moment of the race, this is going to make me sound incredibly nerdy, which is also going to make it very accurate. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but when all of these late pit stops happen to get fastest lap of the race, and it leaves a what should have been fifteen second win, give or take, and it turns it into a thirty eight second win. It kind of bugs me a bit, thinking that I don't know. It's not representative of what actually happened. Again, you I think this, this might. Yeah, I know. I'm sure there are plenty of people saying that right now, and I it is a bit. I agree. It's just looking after the you. stats. I don't know.
1: Um, I completely agree with you, Ben, because because that if you were to look back through the history books and show someone who's never watched Formula One before and go, look, the Stappen 38 seconds, that person would think bloody hell that's massive that's huge and you then explain the story and that wouldn't be the case Hamilton was 15 seconds behind which is still hugely dominant if you were to tell me that Mercedes would be beating on pace by another team and be 15 seconds behind without any issues that's still crazy but it's nowhere near as crazy as 38 seconds which does have a story behind it so I think you're very right to bring it up
0: anyway maybe maybe something for another day but
2: moment of the race for you Harry um i'll go for a bit that i just enjoyed which was um leclerc coming up the inside of uh kimmy into turn three and it looked like he'd done another pretty easy pass and then kimmy was on the outside and he was like Haha, no and then Just you know, powered <laughs> off again around the outside because that outside line in turn three is uh is probably the quicker way to do it and you get better traction but i was just like yes kimmy who actually pretty good race today i thought um But yeah, I'll go with that one. But as Sam said,
0: not a lot to choose from, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Kimi definitely recovered well after a a poor qualifying. Uh, Started on the penultimate penultimate row of the grid. Um, And yeah, did a good job. Very nearly got into the points. Um, Yeah, moment of the race for me. First of all, just Charles Leclerc is a god at nearly every race circuit. And he just turns up at Austria every year and he's like, what is space? How does that work? <laughs> the, the man I,
1: has forgotten how big his race car is. He hits... But, but only at Austria. Yeah, he hits Reichen and going past him and then he hits Gasly in the most ridiculous way. I mean, other way around. But yeah, the man seems to think his car is about three inches long in comparison to the rest of the year. Man's a menace anyway. on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just won't bring that up. But uh, moment of the race for me has to be and you're right not exactly a massive amount to choose from here but moment of the race for me after Mazepin's superb dive bomb on Mick Schumacher at France. Um, I'd loved Mick Schumacher returning the favour here. The house battles are so entertaining. You never know what corner <laughs> it's going to be. You never know when it's going to happen in the race, but you can be sure at some point, one of them will dive bomb the other for literally no reason whatsoever. <laughs>
2: just,
0: <laughs> it is. One of them will just go, oh, a bit bored here in P17. Hello, Mick.
1: Boom. <laughs> I, I, I think
0: I'll break this time. <laughs> they're just having a they're just having a great time at the back by themselves you know, mick schumacher dives past with about one meter to spare he then goes into turn four like oh dear, I'm gonna lock my tire here as well honestly they were trying their best they really were trying so uh, i found that funny and I'm, I'm looking forward to obviously we've got austria next week but i'm looking forward to silverstone um you know where they'll try it um you know it, where's that, that one gonna be probably side by side into cops or something wouldn't it <laughs> um but, yeah it's uh, uh thrilling stuff from the house guys let's move on to uh mclaren versus ferrari because it was another interesting chapter in that battle it's very quickly emerging that it will be one of those teams that will finish p3 the other will finish p4 this season It's currently McLaren who have the advantage, although it is a slender one. 120 points McLaren, 108 Ferrari, so 12 in it. Uh, But at the moment, the Ferrari duo are much more balanced in terms of the points, whereas Lando Norris obviously heavily outscoring Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren. So, Sam, do you think that if Daniel Ricciardo doesn't get his act together here, there is a chance that he is going to cost McLaren that third place in the championship
1: What's really interesting is coming out of Paul Ricard last week, we made the point that um, when Ferrari scored no points at a race, both drivers not in the points, that who would have thought that at the end of the season, that could be the deciding factor on whether a team gets third place or not. What I'm surprised to be saying is actually Daniel Ricardo could be the letdown for a team not securing a position. The man who is you know, one, single one of the best overtakers, the man who can pull out a result out of nowhere, the man who can get past anyone, you know, is fearless. And he is so far down the grid for where that car should be. Arguably, the fastest car on a straight line, it feels like, is that McLaren. And he's just unable to pull off a move. If this continues, then I think consistency over outright results, which is what Norris is achieving, um, will prevail. I do think that Ferrari will be able to make up for those lack of points. Norris is bound to have one race this season that doesn't go his way. Over a 22-23 race calendar, unfortunately, that is just, you know, chance. It will happen. He will have an instant, he'll get hit by someone, there'll be an engine problem, and he'll finish right down the back end of the points, or he'll finish just out of the points. And if Ricardo isn't there to pick up something, which he hasn't been more than once or twice this season, then Sainz and Leclerc will finish, say, let's say, fifth and sixth again, and they will pass McLaren. I really do think that if Ferrari are able to maintain this consistent almost underlying level of performance get themselves back on the horse the prancing pony and uh, you know get themselves over the line each time in a nice steady manner they are going to close down that third place and I think they're going to do it very very soon um, they just seem to be consistently there I think France felt like the anomaly it felt like the odd out at the moment um, even with that poor start from Leclerc and Sainz got in the best position they really pull the performance out of the bag if they can keep doing that I think Norris is going to be overturned by these two Ferrari drivers.
0: What, what do you reckon, Harry, in this fight? Two thousand years later.
1: You reckons nothing.
0: Oh, you are knocking it out of the park today with these <laughs> points, Harry. I, I could not, I could <laughs> not, I'm not back? agree more yet again. Um, we're not quite sure what's happening with Harry, in, in which case <laughs> oh, no. I'll just give my thoughts on this, that yeah you're right in what you say sam in that two versus one can only go so far and lando norris can only deliver so many brilliant performances and i think outside of max verstappen and some might argue including max verstappen i think he's been the driver of the season this year he has been absolutely exceptional race after race and he will continue i think he will continue in that vein but you're right at some point something will go wrong he will he will dnf he will have a he'll have a bad race he, he's he's not perfect as good as he has been so at some point it, it's not going to work out in his favor and in those sorts of situations it's fine as long as Daniel Ricciardo is there to back him up which at the moment he isn't if Daniel Ricciardo if you had two Daniel Ricardos in the team they would be on 68 points if you had two lando norrises they'd be on 172 like it's it's a massive difference between them at the moment in the championship you've got lando norris who's ahead of of valtteri bottas and not far behind sergio perez whereas daniel Ricciardo's only four points behind sebastian vettel who's been very on and off this year so it's it's worrying and it just feels as if that car is not it's just not suited for him because i can't i can't subscribe to a theory that he is no longer a great driver we've seen him be so good for so long i can't i cannot imagine that it is just dropped off like that in an instant this has to be the mclaren being a very different car to drive than at least the alpine or sorry the renault that he had last year but probably also the red bull that he was driving before it it has to be a brand new experience because occasionally he's getting it right it's it's not very often but he has occasionally got it right but it's being so massively outnumbered by times where it's not going right that it's leading to a big disparity between those two drivers and even in a situation like today where lando norris is ahead of the two Ferraris in the championship it's minus four to it's minus four for McLaren plus four for Ferrari so 12 points in it it's ever it's everything to play for at this point and McLaren will be praying that Ricardo gets on the pace sooner rather than later otherwise Ferrari I think are going to overturn that um and and McLaren are going to have a tough tough journey to get back into that spot and to make matters worse and I'm interested to to hear what you think on this one Sam but McLaren obviously is they are doing better than Alpine are this year so in that respect the move seems to have worked for Ricardo, even if it's not working for him right now but he's having to watch Max Verstappen win race after race a car he was in just a few years ago if we think back a few years to when he made that decision to move away from Red Bull where they are respectively now how much should he regret the path that he has taken in his career
1: it's really interesting I think that If Daniel was still at Red Bull I think that would still be the perfect partnership for Red Bull. Red Bull love internal dispute, Red Bull love internal rivalries. Red Bull see competition, internal competition as a real motivator. That's the kind of environment they seem to like setting up and I think that Daniel Ricciardo in terms of maybe uh, even over Carlos Sainz I think has been the closest competitor that Max Verstappen has had at the same team since they've been racing. Uh, i do think that verstappen is a uh, a better driver than ricardo i think that verstappen has shown more promise um and is now demonstrating that but i don't i definitely think that ricardo should he still be in that seat against verstappen they would be having 1 2 in the championship they would be able to fight off hamilton more efficiently than what perez is doing what i also find very interesting and i think would even be more frustrating for uh for ricardo is that the Alpine, now driven by Alonso, where it was Ocon, also are beating Ricardo in that McLaren. You know, Alonso finished, what, seventh or eighth this time out. Ocon previously in races has been comfortably inside the points on a regular basis. I mean, they're both, Alonso and Ocon, are gaining on Ricardo in the points table each race. They're getting closer and closer and closer. Alonso is really finding his form. So I think Ricardo is in the second best car he could be in in terms of his career span. But yeah, every single driver that he is up against, maybe apart from Ocon, I would put him below. I would say that I would choose Alonso on current form at the moment. I would definitely have Norris. I would much rather have Perez. I would definitely have Verstappen in the car. For me, I think this has been really damaging the last four or five seasons for Ricardo. The journey isn't going the way he wanted it to be. He's finally been given a car that could theoretically be challenging for podiums or at least fourth fifth places on a very, very regular basis. He's not taking them. He's not delivering. McLaren don't need to prove anything, I don't think. I think they have shown they are comfortably joint third, if not the third best car. And I think McLaren should be well in front of Ferrari if Ricardo was performing. Ricardo is the problem. Um, which I think other teams maybe previously might be thinking, well, hey, that's gone all right for us. We've, we've come out better than that. But uh, McLaren themselves, who have the car, they have one half of the garage shortage, they're being let down.
0: Harry, are, are you back with us?
2: Can you hear oh, me? Oh,
0: there he is. The, the dulcet tones of Mr. Oh, Reed. Um The pit
1: stops <laughs> worked.
0: <laughs> I, I would be very interested in your opinion on Daniel Ricciardo in this whole McLaren
2: versus Ferrari fight i mean I, I caught most of what you both said um and and, and i agree i think it's a, it's a real it's a real issue for Maka if it continues and you know i think we know, we knew this happened with when he was at renault but maybe it was less noticeable because he was up against hulk and hulk wasn't necessarily doing as good a job as uh, lando's doing now and that that's no slight to hulk Whatsoever, I just think Lando's doing a, a fantastic job, and because they're fighting, or at least Lando's fighting up at the front slightly more often, it's just showing Ricardo's issues up even more. And and I heard Ben you say about the McLaren being a difficult car to drive. I think Signs has made that point before. Ricardo said something like, oh, "Why didn't you warn me?" or something like that, but as a joke. But it does sound like it's a it's a difficult car to handle, and especially if Lando's been there for you know this is year three. Car's probably going to suit him more than it is Riccardo because Riccardo's only just knowing. So, yeah, look, it's Ricardo's problem to sort, not Mac- not McLaren's. Although, as you say, it could start costing. Him. So, if they need to start making the car more suited to Daniel Ricardo, I think it it, it it may be in their best interest because at this rate, they they are going to struggle to fight Ferrari, especially on. Even today was a bad day for Fezza; they recovered it pretty well, I think, um, and scored a decent amount of points. And there's only Norris there to fend, fend them off. So, um, yeah, I think the results or more consistent results need to come sooner or later because we saw it started to come back in France and it slipped away again this weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it needs to happen soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like you said, from, from Ferrari's perspective is that not every weekend they're going to have one driver out in Q2. In a lot of weekends, they're going to have both in Q3, and it's not every weekend that one of them will need to pit after the first lap. So, yeah, you're right in what you say. Um, before Before we finish up, just to close this Ferrari versus McLaren chapter here, Charles Leclerc, of course, was involved in that incident with Pierre Gasly on the first lap he decided he was uh, playing a game of car tag today just trying to make sure that he got to everyone um do you think that these stewards were right not even to investigate that one Sam?
1: Oh honestly you're right with car tag it was all like almost like car british bulldog with how violently aggressive (laughs) Charles Leclerc is getting you're out that's banned well yeah exactly exactly that should tell you everything you need to know um I don't mind a lap one incident being investigated if it's a little knock, if a car runs wide or something like that. But if it results in a car retiring due to your actions which were caused under zero pressure, then for me, that needs to be looked into. Uh, Charles Leclerc was on the outside of a pretty open track. Yes, they were three wide, but it was a very wide area of the track where the incident happened. Halfway up a straight, effectively. Um, and Leclerc tried to dip back in to pick up some more slipstream. And again, he just seems to forget what space is in, in Austria. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, he ruined one race. And then poor Gasly, who's trying not to touch anyone, desperately trying to get himself off the track, takes out bloody Reikingen. Uh, there's other cars flying around. It's all it's all go. And Leclerc's like, la, 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 la. Off I go for the rest of the race. And then he hits bloody Reikingen's front wing as well. Um... I think you should investigate this. I think too much damage has been done. It's not a little knock. It was not a turn one incident. again. It didn't happen off the line. For me, this is clumsy. This is bad driving. And you have ruined another competitor's race unfairly, unprovoked. You know, you were not forced into a, 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 an unforceable error. You made that error entirely on your own doing. And it was silly. It was, it was reckless. It was a really, really poor mistake from Charles Leclerc. And he essentially did the same to his teammate last time. out, of course, with Sebastian Vettel... And they were both together at Ferrari. It was another unprovoked silly thing. Essentially, at the same corner. I think this now needs to be investigated. And we've, I'm not going to bring tin hats into it, but we are seeing a lot of incidents where Charles Leclerc has made silly mistakes or done things that other drivers maybe would have been picked up on. And the FIA have almost walked around and gone, "Oh, where's Charles Leclerc done something again?" Has he? Oh, there's another race to start it. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Put on your hat. I've got the blindfold on, um, and we're just making sure that nothing affects Charles Leclerc. It it just feels like really that even if it was investigated with no questions answered, you know, no, no results given against, no penalties awarded, it should be looked into. This felt silly. This felt costly and unfairly so to the likes of Pierre Gasly.
0: Harry, uh, do you think this was a return of the dastardly Ferrari international assistance?
2: <laughs> I will not. Don my uh, tin hat <laughs> and get into that debate, but um, <laughs> yeah. Look, it, I know the stewards take a different view for lap on incidents, but they weren't jostling into a corner. They were they were going in a straight line and with a lovely, as Sam said, a lovely clear track in front of them. And and Chuck just moves over and just clips him like for no no reason. And I, I, as Sam said, I know they're three wide, but it just seemed a bit. It was just really clumsy. And, yeah, I think the Strewers at this point need to say, well, well, we'll take a lighter view on lap one instance, but not when they're obviously stupid. Because why, why did they let that one go? Yeah, because it ruined <laughs> Cassie's race. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm surprised at how uh, how lenient they were on that one. Yeah, Um thank you very much for that robotic Harry uh
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) not sure not, not sure whether whether that will come out as robotic as I could hear it in my headphones but um yeah it was um yeah I think from my perspective yeah I I think at this point you could have and I don't even think it's Ferrari specific I think it's like the whole grid I think you could have one driver come along at the you know midway through the first lap park up get out of his car with a knife stab one of the other drivers and the stewards would go you know what it's lap one it's all right don't worry about it
1: because <laughs> absolute gta allowed as long as it's on lap one it's, it's almost like you know like crash bandicoot let me get out a rocket launcher out the side of my car fire oh i've hit three drivers lap one though off i go thank you lap, lap one is fine lap one it's it's almost like the purge, right? You get twenty four hours to commit any crime you want. As long as it's on lap one, commit any atrocity.
0: Honestly, it's 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 Mario Kart rules on lap one. Yeah. Thereafter, it's back to F one. But I this should have been investigated. Come on. I mean, like Harry said, it's it's not into turn one. They are just going down a straight. And he has, you know, he has ended his race. And I I don't like to lean too much on what the result of an incident is. I don't think it's the way that stewarding should be done. I don't think you should look at this and say, well, Gasly's race was ended. So Leclerc's punishment should be adjusted because of that. It should be there because of him hitting another car. Like that. that's that's how it should work. And I'm sure there are plenty who are saying he had to go back to the back anyway. He had to go and have, you know, he had to go and have his front wing repaired that was pe- that was the penalty in itself it's not something i've ever subscribed to it's not something i've ever really th- i think is a fair way to do things because at that point you have to judge how much of a penalty is right he ended up behind that car so was that enough penalty well actually he probably would have ended up behind that car as well i, d- I don't think that's the way that stewarding should be done and ultimately leclerc actually pissing on the first lap and having clean air for a long period of that first half of the race it might well have helped him. You know, It's not as if it was a massively end racing um, incident for him. He was able to recover. And yes, a lot of that was down to his own brilliance in overtaking. But a lot of it was down to he wasn't involved in that massive, uh, massive line of cars, uh, massive train of cars that were behind Alonso for a lot of that first half. So really, I don't think in that situation what happened to him was enough punishment uh and yeah they should have looked at this and i think probably penalized it but but like even if your decision is ultimately no penalty look at it come on anyway it seems as if um it seems if harry has completely dropped off the face of the internet earth um
1: he's a dnf isn't he he's a a total dnf He, he cursed george russell and now he's decided that he's a dnf himself
0: so i guess the the end of this podcast will be Uh, I mean we can debate who finishes first and who finishes second but yes Harry is a Harry is a DNF on this one Um, and You might think we're we're going too harsh on Harry, but actually, and this is a bit of a segue, we've currently got a survey out there. Uh, You'd have heard this if you were listening to the preview podcast, but we've got a survey out there for our podcast listeners. We've had some great responses to this. um, And actually one of the responses was be more mean to Harry. So whoever that was, thank you for that suggestion. We have taken it on board and we are fully committed to making that happen. Um, But yeah, we got some... Absolutely brilliant responses. Firstly, in terms of constructive uh, constructive criticism, I guess, and we'll, we'll look to improve some of the areas, but also just some absolutely lovely comments um, that mean the absolute world to us. So thank you so much to everyone who has participated in that survey. We'll, we'll leave the link again in the description of this podcast and most probably the next podcast as well. We'll leave it open for a little bit longer um it's just to just to let you have your feedback of what you like and don't like about the podcast and ultimately that's going to help us um to make things even better for you so thank you to everyone who has filled it out if you haven't yet please consider it it is really helpful um based on harry probably not reappearing i think it's best if we if we end this and, and wrap it up sam
1: yeah, yeah, I just—I want I to agree with you on all the the people saying be more silly, do more of you three, you know, <laughs> come up with more silliness and have fun with it. Honestly, the words were—I'm surprised that many people like listening to us. So um, thank you. Never thought there'd be that many of you that enjoy it, and yet so many of you turn up, and so many of you fill out the survey. So if you haven't, go over there, give us some constructive uh, criticism. Let's know how we can improve for you. We know that the the likes of the tech and whatnot isn't perfect, and we are working on that. Um, but if you have any ideas on content or anything you want to change, please do let us know. How is your chance to really give an input, and we'll definitely try and include that where we can. Um, did you enjoy the Austrian GP? Because. It was alright, wasn't it? It wasn't Monaco, but it definitely wasn't Paul Ricard. Never thought I'd say that, anyway. Um, Let's know your thoughts. Get over to Twitter. Of course, we've got to do this all again next weekend, and we will be back midweek for a preview of the actual Austrian Grand Prix. This one, of course, was just the fake one, the one that didn't really exist. The next one's going to be the real one. Uh, Harry might be here as well, so if you're a big Harry fan, then fingers crossed he might turn up. If not, you might just have to look like Ben or something. I don't know. It's a tough world that we'll find ourselves in. Um... Let us know what you think. Get in the comments. Come and talk to us. We we love to hear all your opinions, of course. Um so Ben, I'm I'm sure Harry does say goodbye, but but for now, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Harry Eve. Exactly and I've sounds. been Ben Hawking.
0: <laughs> Remember. <laughs> keep breaking late. Idiots.